0: Elizabeth!
1: No, Elizabeth! No! Elizabeth, don't!
2: <laughs>
1: this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitcher organizer, rock and roll PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way.
0: This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Sandra Peebles. So, Mace, I'm so excited today. My
1: BFF is going to be on air today. I'm so excited. We've been waiting for her to come join us for a while now. So, I wish she was here in person because I want to meet her. I've heard so many good things.
0: Girl, she's going to come out and visit and we...
1: Party like rock stars every time we get together.
0: It's a little bit scary to hang out with us because we we turn 20 and we become completely infantile and just uh, (laughs) – think we're still 20. We rock out, and then we are dying the next day because our neck is hurting.
1: Hold on, wait. So our guest today is a news anchor, and you're telling me she rocks out? Because I cannot picture it.
0: Oh, what I can tell you is <laughs> crazy, okay? I mean, this girl's won so many Emmys, eleven. That I wow. just can't afford to send her flowers anymore when she gets an at <laughs> Like,
1: bitch, I've dropped a grand on you. I'm done. I'm done with your flowers. I'll send you a flower emoji. <laughs> it's
0: between flowers and champagne. Shit, I'm like broke. <laughs> well, let me tell you, she is such an incredible reporter. I'm so proud of her. I remember when I met her, I was coordinating Yes. And one of my many jobs. Of course. A a beauty pageant. And she was.
1: uh, (laughs) Of course you were.
0: (laughs) She was Miss, um, I believe, Miss Miami. She won Miss Miami. And that's how I met her. She was one of the contestants Uh as she was going through journalism school. She did a lot of uh, modeling and beauty pageants. And we met and we immediately connected. And we've been friends Ever since.
1: That's awesome. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And I can't believe I remember going when she was going to school for journalism to now 11 Emmys. Uh, It blows my mind. Like I was reading her body of work and I'm like, "Ah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like looking at it paper. But, you know, I got to tell you when um, Hurricane Irma came Mm -hmm. and Florida was like, what was a category
1: i think it was huge i think it was like as big as it
0: can possibly get so she was covering the story so she had to bunker down because they were evacuating she had to bunker down at the station for a couple of days (gasps) with her dog she hit her teeny little dog so she brought him with him with her to the station so i'm calling her every day freaking out and i'm like are you freaking out she's like no i'm covering the story and then she's on the air live and i'm like texting her Girl, the girls look good, they're up and perky. <laughs> and she I looked like that at the, ass. <laughs> ass, ass is looking good, girl. <laughs> and she's looking at the phone and I could see like she'd give me the like the sign and she was like she, you
1: know category
0: five. She's probably she's trying not to laugh on air, you know. She's giving some serious shit. That's and awesome. I'm like, ass looks
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> So that's so cool. So basically, you're practically a news anchor yourself then, since she's been signaling to you on air. Hey, yeah,
0: I'm um, co-anchor.
1: That's awesome. I'm so excited to have her on today. I don't know if you know this about me, but... um, Natural disasters are my jam. Like, really? Oh, yeah. I have, like, a deep love for, like, natural disaster events. I watch them live. Like, I will, well, you'll know. The next time there's a big one, I'll be calling out to work. I'll be like, I'm sorry. got to stay home and watch the coverage of the hurricane. <laughs> so I have so many questions for this lady because it's, like, it'll be my geek out moment.
0: Okay, well, how are you going to feel if you're in the middle of it?
1: well I think it like in another life I would have like become a meteorologist or like a tornado chaser because oh it's god, like oh my Macy. god I Yeah. I didn't know you didn't know this about me
0: I've never seen this adventurous side of yeah, you yeah I
1: have no time for people if there's like a big storm like hurricane <laughs> or something like sorry about you but I have to watch the live coverage right now <laughs> I think you missed your calling
0: girl meteorology sounds like right up your alley well I'm going to pick your brain
1: after the show so <laughs> <laughs> well let's get our on the fun. I can't wait for you guys to meet her. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. Sandra
0: Peebles is an 11-time Emmy Award-winning journalist who is currently the main anchor at Univision 23 in Miami. Her Emmy Awards range from covering crime to landing an exclusive jailhouse interview with a high-profile killer, to politics and exposing absentee ballot and Medicare fraud. She has had the opportunity to cover such important stories as the murder of Gianni Versace, President Clinton's visit to Florida, the Parkland shooting, and an exclusive interview with Florida Governor Charlie Crist. Let's welcome my long-time friend and sister from another mister who's joining us today via Skype from Miami, Florida. Welcome, Sandra. (laughs) My BSA. Hey, girl. (laughs) I am so glad that you're joining me today. Thank you for doing this because I know your schedule is super, super packed.
2: Well, what I did is I did my hair and makeup because, you know, I'm in Miami, three hours difference. I'm almost ready to go out the door. We're going to do this and I'm going to keep on rolling with my day, which will continue until about midnight tonight. Okay. I'm a little busy, but never too busy for you and super excited for this new endeavor and wishing you much success and uh, of course love and light, always
0: oh my thank you my friend <laughs> i so appreciate it. you know i was i was going over like we've been friends for our listeners that that don't know us we've been friends for over 30 years i mean we yeah, knew each for other yeah but
2: we're like more than like 30 plus, like literally well 30 we, plus.
0: Right? yes yeah, since we came out of the womb we've known each other <laughs> so <laughs>
2: So, anyway, um, I never want to be less than 42, but that's okay. So, we've (laughs) I would never want to be younger than 42, but
0: anyway, yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) 42 forever. (laughs) So, me and Sandra have been friends for years. We've been through every rock concert, every Emmy award winning story. Um, I just want to uh, talk a little bit about Sandra. I've known you all my life, and when I was reading your credentials, And reading your bios, getting ready for the interview, I got to tell you, girl, I was impressed. I mean, I've lived through this with you, but to see it on paper, girl, it's impressive. Eleven Emmys. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But don't worry. The same thing happens to me because, you know, what happens is you live life. You're struggling, struggling, especially when you're young.
2: You you know, you're on that on that road to success and you're just like, you know, trying everything that you can do, um, you know, to survive. And especially a cutthroat industry like the television news industry is. And before you know it, you know, you look back and you're like, what? I've been at this for 25 years and what? I'm being recognized for what? Like, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's even surprising to me because, you know, we live the moment. We live the day to day. And you don't realize that, that you're really putting together like, a, a, you know, a cache of work. You know, that one day you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I did that. But, you know, you're just reacting at the moment like the Parkland shooting. You know, I mean, that was intense. Of course, now I have the maturity to understand at that moment that I realized how big that was and that that was going to have repercussions for years. And we're seeing it, of course, um, with the kids traveling all over the country. So sad. Yeah, talking about gun violence, but they're really doing something. And I'm so proud of my community. I have to say always, because I always say that South Florida will have the blueprint for solutions for so many of the country's issues, social issues, especially um, but, and this is one of them. And so how tragic that it was that, but at that moment I realized it, and you know, that night it was Valentine's day. Remember it was a Wednesday. Oh my God. I was right. just working. I was just working a regular shift and they were like, it's a shooting. I'm like, Oh, look the other way. You know, I don't want to go cover it. But then it became not just a shooting. It was a massacre. It was a big story. And I was blessed that they sent me out the door. And of course we worked till one o'clock in the morning. I mean, I started that day at 9am having no idea what was going to happen. And that's how news is. Well, it's
0: and happening. let's start there. You know, I want to start the conversation right there since you brought Parkland up. Like, how, for you as a reporter, because I know that, I know your heart, you're such a giving, you have such a big heart, you're always thinking about your community, you're always doing charity work. How, as a reporter, do you keep the emotional, um, uh, 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 let's say, attachment to a new, how do you detach emotionally from your stories? You don't too much. You don't want to too much. So so that night
2: for instance I um I was at the at the reunification center like so there was a, a hotel where they were telling parents to go and then they were taking the kids there so parents were getting together with their kids right. right and all the parents were getting there hysterical of course they were worried you know but imagine how lucky you would be if you went over there and you got your kid yeah you're you're shaking you're worried you have him you're hugging him
0: oh my but then God. imagine
2: if you didn't get your kid so i mean this is hor- horrible so i interviewed this man he was a mexican man of course we're spanish television um, so that's precisely our audience. And um, I, I was talking. I was, you know, running after him literally because he's like rushing to get to the. He's rushing to get to the, inside the, the inside the hotel to reun- You know, to, to get information really. Correct. But the way that he told me what he told me, I knew that his child was dead. I could tell right then oh and there. My God. And I immediately tried to get his phone number. Know, um. You know. But my heart went out to him. And the entire night, I had that child. I mean, his name was Martin Duque, um, and just the whole night, I was you know, so worried and so concerned and so trying to find out. And at the end, he was one of the 17 that that were dead, but his father knew it. And it's so interesting. Again, you know, maturity is something that I, would, I wouldn't I would trade for anything in the world because it just gives you a sense. I could tell by that man's reaction that he knew in his soul that his child was gone. Of course, also clues, like he was in the ninth grade building. You know, there were also other other little factors that... That, that gave it away, but it, I mean, it was devastating. I was devastated that night for those people. I mean, I worked with so much love. I worked with so much love, but there was nothing I could do. You, know, that, that you also feel so, um, in a way, your hands are tied. Right. You know that that obviously I couldn't bring those lives back, which is the only thing that would matter. You know, well, I think no, that's where your
0: no and that's there where is. your big heart comes into play because you can have that empathy and compassion for that person and what they're going through.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's all we can do is reflect that, you know. It's like that emotion i mean i didn't I didn't cry or, or break down you know well, of course it's, 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 we're so um we're so intense you know and, and, and getting the information and turning around and talking to the people and hearing their testimony right so at that time that night, um, we were just starting to hear the kids were coming out and we were just being able to interview parents and, and 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 people who had experienced it and it was so incredible i mean I had students there was a teacher that died of trying to close the door because and Nicholas Ugh. Cruz came in uh, through the hallways, you know, shooting. And, and this teacher was trying to get all the students in and close the door. And he, and he got shot. And, um, and so I had students that were in that classroom telling me about this, uh, about this scene. I mean, and it was real. It was first person. Oh. It was hardcore. And then I was on the phone with his sister. Somehow his sister, I got his, uh, the, the teacher's sister calling me. And she was, you know, she was begging me to t- try to confirm Imagine me having to tell her about her brother,
0: Oh my tell God. her what
2: happened. I mean, but I wanted to help her. I wanted it to not be her brother.
0: Right. But right.
2: once I kind of knew that it was, I also wanted to tell her the truth. And because all her concern was, how am I going to tell my mother? And interesting, his mother was one of the main, most vocal people after in the coverage. I mean, his mother, I mean, what can I tell you? These are things that happen to humans. You know, I can't believe that humans, that we do this to one another. Yeah. Why do we have to... Hurt each other it's just so beyond my comprehension but you know i cover this i say i'm i'm so blessed to have a front row seat to history as it's happening
0: Well, you know, and Sandra, I got to say, your heart, you are the perfect reporter because you do have the compassion for the people and the empathy. I want to start, too, with, like, how you got started. I mean, I know. because
2: Oh, girlfriend, you're not starting anymore.
0: We're halfway through this. Yeah! Let me tell you, (laughs) I remember when you worked your, I think it was your first job at Dynamic Dynamic Cable Vision, and you were the one-woman showgirl. You would do two daily stories, right? One in Spanish, one in English, you'd right. shoot the video, you'd do the interviews, you'd write your script, you edited your material, Ed- and then you anchored it in the news segment that day. So that was just a day's work. <laughs> right. But, they, but, you know, today they call them VJs or video journalists or
2: multimedia journalists. That's what they're called today. And a lot of um, news stations are turning to that. You know, at least I have one or two, like in my station now, we have one or two uh, VJs. Two VJs that go out and there are two girls. You started there. a trend, Sandra. Well, right, exactly. So, I mean, really, that was the future back then in 1992. I was a VJ before VJs were even, before the term was ever even coined. Interesting. I'm, I'm very happy I did that work because when I did it, it was, I felt humiliating. You know, obviously you would go out and everyone had cameramen. But I didn't realize how much respect I was garnering among all the cameramen. And, and who would always help us, by the way, I do have to say that. Um, but I didn't realize how much respect I was garnering from all the other professional journalists, because they knew that if you were doing that, it's because you really wanted to be in the business, you know, because it was not easy. And let me tell you, my friend, back then we wore pantyhose. We don't do that. I know. <laughs> Hello, back in the day.
0: And running but in the heels, girl. Off,
2: I never took off my heels. I never took off
0: my, I always dressed for the tea. to the T. To the T in the humidity. In Florida, in that heat. I did it. I did
2: it. And I'll do it today, too. It's going to be the way it's going to be, honey, because you can't lose
0: your cachet. No, absolutely. Hello. we got to be glamour girls (laughs) to the very last day. We're going to be glamour (laughs) girls to the day we die. (laughs) And then from there, Sandra, you became uh, a weather girl. But then, uh, because, you know, you're an overachiever. You can't just be one thing. You, I remember you... Became the weather girl, but then that wasn't good enough. Then you had to go to meteorology me- meter. Okay, I know it's even hard to say. Uh, help me, help me say help it, me say it. help me
2: say it. Can you imagine saying that in Spanish? That was not
0: easy. <laughs> <laughs> say it in Spanish for me. Meteorología. Oh, forget it, girl. Uh, Screw meteor- <laughs>
2: meteorology. I can't even say it myself.
0: <laughs> meteor-, meteor, Then you went to school for meteorology, right? Right.
2: I did. Um. I-, I was one of the first people in town, actually, that did. It was a correspondence school. So it was Mississippi State University. They would send you back down a VHS. I know it sounds so crazy that we're speaking this way, but, hey, it's the reality. So they would send you the lessons, and there would be a teacher teaching you the class. I'm sure today they do it online. Um, and, um, and then you had to go test, actually, at the college. So I would have to go and sit with a professor and take the test. It wasn't like you – it was really hard. It was really hard. Um, so I didn't, finish, I didn't finish that course because I knew I didn't want to be tied to that map. I wanted to be out on the street. Right And talking to people and being you know, in the world. And to this day, I mean, I have a passion for going in, especially communities that aren't necessarily my community, different neighborhoods, and going in and speaking to people and going in their houses and, and learning about, about humans. I love humans. And so, and the more humble, the better in my in my estimation of it. well, you love and, the people first, you love
0: to talk I mean when I go visit you in Florida, I'm like, Sandra, do you have to talk to everybody? You're like, "Yes, this is my community. These are my people." <laughs> when,
2: I, when you tell that story? I was wearing my hair in a way that one viewer didn't like, and and I was with elizabeth. I'm telling the audience. I was with you sitting in a restaurant. And their lady came up and she said, I just want to punch you in the face. Oh, my God. that hair. And I was like, oh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I no, I get it. And, and then she kept saying, yeah, but, I mean, if you wear it that way again, I really want to punch you in the face. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it was just because it was too short and it was like a protest and whatever. Oh, my God. I was so yeah, pissed at her for saying that. Your eyes were so wide
0: open. I was like, Excuse me, the shit people say that they think because they know you, because they see you on the air every day, they think they know you. So they, I mean, I go to Florida and I go see Sandra, and I'm like, Girl. Okay, I don't want to be... I was,
2: unfazed, I was unfazed by her comment, and then and when I looked at your face, I was like,
0: oh, yeah, maybe she was a little rough on me. <laughs> and I'm like, Sandra, I can't believe she said she wanted to punch her in the face. And you're like, you're oh, no, that's okay. She loves me. She's she's fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's maybe like... she really likes me.
2: <laughs> I mean, if she, if she's a, Cuban, a Cuban lady. I mean, maybe the audience
0: the very like, like, You're people. like, these are my people. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what, Sandra? I want to talk about your Emmys, girl, because, hello, 11. I Gotta say that again. Eleven. Well the and-
2: thing is I'm
0: into you know, I'm
2: into it. You know, I'm into it. So and I mean now I'm on the board of governors for the Emmys and I'm always you know, I also try to get other people to enter and be part of this because I you know, I like the Emmys. I, I enjoy, you know, the the, the the award ceremony, I enjoy the competition. Um, and I think that when you become involved in something you become better at it because for instance, I judge I judge Emmys from other parts of the country, right? And when you do that, you see excellent work, and you see the kind of work that earns rewards. It's a trick, like everything in life. You got to get the groove of everything,
0: and you got to study you know? and it. And you got to get
2: the groove, then you know how to do it. I, I had a college I had a college class that you know when I was in, at the university, and there was a teacher that he tested a certain way, and I would be partying until three a.m. You know, we were
0: we would be partying, <laughs> and three you know, a.m. is early. <laughs>
2: Back in back in those years, it was like '88. Definitely,
0: used to live here in Miami. We've been to and every I rock would, concert, every backstage, every yeah. And we went
2: to the club, the the you know disco or whatever. We it was. can't
0: talk about what oh. we really did in the '20s because we were bad I, girls. I think, well,
2: we were partying, right? Yeah, partying. And then I would go to class, of course, because you know I'm a nerd, so I do everything. And so I would get there like sometimes I would sleep in the class. And it was a girl that would help me take the notes. I would get A's, and the girl would get C's. She would be so mad at me. <laughs> but the thing, if she would get so mad at me, the point thing, I don't blame her, you know, because she was like a goody two-shoes, of course. She probably went to bed at 10, eight, at 10 o'clock, you know, and made it to class, whatever. I was like, you know, crashing out. But I got the trick of the way that the professor tested. So right. I think life is a lot like that. you got to learn the groove of a certain thing, and then you could be
0: successful at that thing you got to get the groove, though. you got to see it. you can't You got to get in it. it. you got to be of it. you got to be bathed right. in it.
2: And then you have to see other people that are successful in it and say, oh, that's how it is. And then you just get that little trick and that little vibration. And then once you're in it, then you become successful in it, too. And so I think that's, you know, part of the reason why I win Emmys. Now, here's the thing. I also enter, right? So they say, if you don't play, you don't win. So I enter, you know, work. And I, and I, I sometimes work hoping that, oh, this is going to be an Emmy. You know, like, I'll do that. I know it sounds.
0: Corny, but It doesn't do sound that. corny, because whatever you're doing is working. And I want to talk about particularly two stories that um, have won you Emmys. And one of them is your heroin addiction um, seg- uh, story. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that came about?
2: Well, that story was amazing. That Look, that, that was in November of 2015. I'm still... Like in love with the story. I'm still like in love with the story. So the cool thing about that story was that my boss told me, you know, heroin it's not such a big thing, believe it or not. This is what the boss told me at the moment. And meanwhile, I'm reading it's an epidemic, right? So we had a statistician, we had this um, university professor here, who runs, epi- he, he runs statistics on, 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 different, on different issues, but he had run statistics on this, and what, what creates an epidemic, what defines an epidemic is one case more than what you expect. So, if last year five hundred, if if last year three hundred people died, and and this year is three hundred and one, then you have an epidemic. That's oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's how they define it. So, um, so we had an epidemic, and it, and and it, even though, say, like in Broward County, which is a county just like Fort Lauderdale area, um, they had uh, it, it was like you know eight deaths the year before. Even though they had had eight deaths the year before. I think in the following year, they had like 10 deaths. So it did not sound like so much, but it ended up being like an 800% increase. You know? Wow. It was, it was, oh, my God. Right. So in the percentages, and so my boss at that time was telling me, no, that's not, you know, that, that's not really a story. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, include flaca, which is this other crazy drug. If you guys don't know about it, we'll talk another day. But anyway, so I, I set out to do the story, and everything just opened up for me like amazing. I met this wonderful woman. She was 51 years old. She had had a very successful life. She had lived very well and affluent life. Um, had a Jaguar, lived in, in Bell Harbor, a very nice area here in, in town.
0: Money, money and, area. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. She had, she had a lot of money. She'd been married. She had been divorced, but she had fibromyalgia. So she started taking the oxycon. Just the same, the same story that we know. It's the same epidemic. Just like we hear about it, right. I got the story. Organic. I mean, we went out in, into the hood, you know, where well, we knew that there's drug sales. And this lady, she, she tells my cameraman, hey, you know, because she was prostituting. So she tells my cameraman, hey, and she was such a wonderful person. You see, that's another thing is seeing the humanity in people. Because just because she's a drug addict, mind you, I'm aware that she would stab me if she had to for money because she's a drug addict. She could do that. However, I'm not judging her for being a drug addict. I understand she's a full human with a life and feelings. And, you know, and so I treated her as such. And she was just phenomenal with us.
0: Well yeah, Sandra, the- because you get and this is what like you get in there and you treat everybody everybody drug addict, homeless with a lot of compassion and understanding. Respect and respect. And respect. And when you were doing the story, I'm like, Sandra, aren't you scared? And you're like, yeah, you get a little scared, you know, because I know that you were in it, like you were in the problem area where people are actually shooting up in front of you. And you're like, yeah, but it's a story. We got to get the story.
2: Well, so I was walking in the neighborhood with her and, you know, it's kind of funny video because, I mean, well, she was cute though. She had a wig. She was cute. She was tan, you know, she was on the street. She had the prison slippers on because they had held her in jail, which is crazy to, it's really crazy to hold drug addicts in jail. It's just a weird thing because at the end of the day, what you're you're not doing anything
0: with Yeah, it needs to be decriminalized, actually, drugs. Yeah, we we need to deal with it, like
2: also from the mental health. Well, I mean, that story ended up being that we have a center here that used to be a jail that they're trying to transform into like a drug rehab, you know, like a drug, like a place where we could deal with this correctly. But it's still not off the ground. And we have a judge here in town who's really amazing, and he's done a lot of work. But, you know, it's, it's a system. It's a red tape. It's There's so many things. But um, she had been let out of prison. And a lot of um, addicts, especially heroin addicts, they run the risk of overdosing when they come out of jail. Because if they haven't done the drug in whatever, 3, five, ten days, whatever, however long they're held, once they shoot up, they tend to shoot a little bit more. Right. And then they they end up, a lot of them end up overdosing. But I mean, you know, she was an incredible experience to be in front of that woman. I prayed for her the whole time. She was getting high. She got high in front of us.
0: and I oh, know that. I was She's like shooting up in front of you guys. And I'm like, Sandra, weren't you freaking out? And you're like, yeah, but I got to get the story.
2: Well, right. And I was just, I mean, I couldn't believe, first of all, that I, I got so lucky to get somebody to just talk to me so openly about. But you know, I think I find that a lot of people that are in trouble want to help other people. So she and all the drug addicts, because by the way, I spoke to five uh, a heroin addicts doing that. And uh, That's how easy. When a story is easy to get, is because it's a problem.
0: Exactly.
2: When a, when a story is easy to get. So if it's a very difficult difficult, you're, you're okay. Sometimes, you know, I mean, sometimes there are hidden things, of course. There's corruption and all kinds of things that you have to dig and, and that are difficult to get. But when a story is that easy and you find that many addicts, it's because it really is such a big problem. And I met, I mean, I'm telling you beautiful people, I met this one young girl that, you know, she goes from guy to guy. She stays with different men. And, um, and, you know, she was an addict. And then I met this other guy who um came from New York, and he was with a friend, and his friend had just been stabbed by one of the dealers.
0: Oh, my God. He
2: wanted to take his money. Yeah, he showed me the stab wound. I just, incredible.
0: Ah, I just hear some of your stories sometimes, and I get nervous for you. I want to talk about, because I, I kind of went through this with you also, we, you did a huge interview, and he exclusively, I remember, um, I believe he was a serial killer or a or, or killer, that only wanted to do the interview with you, reached out to you, which you won an Emmy for that story. Talk a little bit about what it's like to sit across and talk to somebody who is a serial killer, and he knows you enough to just go, I want Sandra Peebles to do my story. Right, how that, does that that's feel? How was.
2: That's how was. That was my first Emmy, and that was like in 2001, I think. That was quite a while ago. But I can't believe, honestly. I think back and I think it's creepy as hell. I think it's creepy. Oh my god! I
0: remember when you would call me and I'm like, Sandra. So you're like, he knows my name. It's so creepy. But at the moment, at the moment, you
2: don't think of anything like that. I mean, I've been in jails. I I I interviewed the hitman for Grisel Blanco. That was one of the biggest drug lords here in South Florida. She was the one that that created the pipeline of for, for cocaine from Columbia to Miami in the '80s. And th- this was only like five or six years ago. I oh my God. I hit land, that guy had murdered a lot of people. And I kind of had a friendship with him on the phone. This is somebody else. I'm going to get back to that other story you're asking me about. Um, and, but he freaked me out when he told me that he had murdered. In Colombia, he had murdered journalists. I was like,
0: oh, oh shit. Oh, my God. I was like, oh,
2: shit, this is real. I go, this guy, like I'm treating him like, I'm like, this guy is cold. You know, he's a manipulator. I knew he was a manipulator, but he was in prison for life. And at the end, you know, I started talking to him about God and yoga and opening up and his karma, how he needed to
0: clean his karma. I know, Sandra. I got rid, you- I got rid of him. I got rid of him that. You crack him. me up, girl. You were sitting yeah, across from yeah. a serial killer, and you're I talking about yoga. <laughs> you gotta, I got to love you, girl. <laughs> yeah, I got rid of him because, honey, he wanted to have a
2: love affair with me. He was a Valentino. He thought he could have sex with me from prison, but no, that wasn't happening. But he wanted me to write his book. It's a good idea, but, I mean, I don't want to have that much closeness because, you know,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So, quick quicks But anyway,
2: so back to so back to that guy. That guy actually, the one that you're referring to, and I'll say it quickly. was a horrible case. It was an 18 year old girl celebrating her one year anniversary with her, her one year anniversary with her boyfriend on the beach. They're abducted by five guys and they come from Orlando. Five young men that had come from Orlando to party on South Beach. They needed money, so they take these kids to the bank to rob them, which is fine, rob them. But no. They ended up all raping her. They ended up stabbing the, the, her boyfriend. They thought they had cut his throat, but they didn't go deep enough, because apparently for you to cut somebody's throat, you got to go deep Oh, enough. God. I know. So the kid survived, and he's alive today. Thank God for that, that we know who killed the girl. They're all tried. They all got, you know, the one guy. That, it took like 10 years for the shooter to get the death penalty. And the judge, it was a black man, the judge cried that day. I covered that, too. I got too Oh, much my
0: pain. God, the judge cried? The judge
2: cried because it was intense. And oh. I had never seen a judge move to tears, but the judge was awesome. I mean, the judge was awesome, and he was moved to tears to have to sentence because he's had to sentence somebody to death. It's still a murder. It's still a death. Somebody else has to die. It's just too much.
0: Oh, my God. It's too much. But
2: anyway, so that, yeah, that, that case. But that guy, the, the one of the guys on the on the crew, if you will, um, had asked, he wanted me to do that story. I guess he, he trusted, I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, he wanted me to do the story. And what the reason why he wanted to do the story was because he wanted to make himself look good with the other prisoners, because they were all talking mm. about what they had done. And you know, there's a code in prison, right? And he wanted like to quote, clean himself, if you will, and
0: make himself look like he wasn't that bad, even though he confessed to everything. Well, girl, most most of these crazy, um, crazy interviews that you've gotten, that you've gotten awards for, usually people that want to give you the exclusive because, you know, because that's just what you got, girl. That's just what you got. But listen, aside from that, I mean, you're played as if it's not full enough. The community work that you do, and I and I want to go, because I don't want to miss this, I want to go over this, uh, you know, kind of quickly, because I need to move on to the next segment. But Are we ever going to get
2: to, like, boyfriends
0: and sex? Yes. That... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a better part of me. <laughs> oh, God. I'm
2: but... just kidding. So yeah, yeah.
0: But, but I want to okay. talk about you've been working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, Society since 2002 to bring um, awareness. You've run five half marathons to raise cancer awareness, two marathons, and um, you are a regular speaker for Autism Speaks. And also, you do charity work for Cakes for Kids, which um, helps foster children celebrate their birthdays. Girl, how the hell do you do it all? I know because well, I'm talking because, to you on the phone every you know, day, and I'm like, how do you do it? No, and she's, she's fit, all and you know, she's fit, and she's healthy, and she's beautiful. She's got the full package, brains and beauty. Please follow me at TV.
1: <laughs> Listen, I Sandra, followers.
0: I want to bring in my producer, Macy. So we're going to play a little game called hashtag fake news, and I'm going to have her set it up. Okay, do it up. Hashtag fake news.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to play with you. I feel like it may be, you know, a lost cause playing fake news with a news anchor. Um, <laughs> no, let's do it. Okay. okay.
2: there's things and there's things. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how this game works is I'm going to read you and Elizabeth uh, two news headlines. And you guys are going to pick out which of the two is the fake news. Okay, Okay. let's do this. All right, are you ready? Oh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to dig
1: pretty deep to get a news headline (laughs) that probably had not aired on your station. So get ready. (laughs) Okay, news headline number one. World's first sex doll brothel opens catering to men who don't want human touch. I believe that. So the next one must be fake. Uh, Well, hold on. You may be jumping the gun here. So let me read you the second one. Scuba diver hospitalized after getting his penis stuck in a giant clam. Which is Uh, the fake (laughs) news, ladies. (laughs) for
0: all
2: the honey, I'm
0: going to put up that business. (laughs) I'll make so much
2: money on that.
0: (laughs) 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 You'll, you'll win an fun avid fun. for the clam and the penis <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> no pun intended
1: <laughs> all right so what is our vote i need answers from both ladies for me, the first
0: one is real. The second one, fake news. All
1: right, and Elizabeth, what from you? I would have to say the same. Oh God! Okay, I have two winners again. I have—I've <laughs> been on a losing streak. I went the longest time with Elizabeth losing every single one, and now all everyone's getting it. I've got to—I've got to dig deeper. Diver,
2: look. Here's the thing. Look at my logic. Diver with the gloves. You got to open the clam. Put the penis in the clam. <laughs> How big is that clam? <laughs>
0: I'm gonna close up again. Get the gloves. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Although I like the visual of the clam and
2: men, forget men, me. If I had, if I had a good doll that could, well, you know, that's not true. I want a little bit, not so much drama that comes attached to the penis, but
1: you know. Oh my God, Sandra, I think that you are my favorite fake news guest we've had so far. You are going so deep into it. I love it. It's all the AI, a little
2: intelligence.
1: All right, well, I'm going to let you ladies get back to your interview because I know you've got to get on the air. Um, but thank you so much for playing with me on hashtag fake news.
0: Oh,
1: it was awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Macy. Sure. I'll catch you guys next week. Bye bye. All right, Sandra.
0: So. Really quick, before we um end our end our interview, I would like for people to know one where they can um find you, plug your social media for me. And also <laughs> any charity TV that TV. you wanna to plug to help mm-hmm. uh your charity of choice, please do the same for that.
2: Well, my charity is Cakes for Kids. It's Cakes with a cake with and four cakes for kids dot cakes for kids, Florida, dot org. And so that's a charity that I work for. And it's really cool because it's, um, what we're doing is something that's self-esteem. You know, so a child with cancer, we know exactly what that is. But how do you, what do you say to a child whose parents have given him up and his birthday rolls around and he thinks that his birth and his life doesn't matter? So by celebrating their birthdays, we let them know your life matters and we're uh-huh. going to celebrate you and you're going to get your cake and you're going to get a gift. And it's a luxury. So it is money for a luxury, not money to fight a disease or anything <laughs> But I think that, you know, how do we measure a child's self-esteem and self-worth? I think it's important as we go forward in a society. But, you know, it's just one little little organization that is really, it's a friend of mine, and they have five sisters, and the sisters all work on this, and it's an incredible, an incredible uh, thing that they do, and I'm very proud to be a founding uh, board member uh, of that organization. Uh, You can find me on social media at Sandra Peebles TV on all platforms. Made it easy for everybody. And I need followers. I just broke my 5,000 on Instagram, but you know what? Everybody's organic. And if you follow me, let me know that you uh, heard me on the podcast. Yes, yes. Let, let her know people. that
0: you heard her on Left Unsupervised. Yes. And yes, and also it's Sandra, S A N D R A Peebles, P E E B L E S. T V. Yeah. Yes. Sandra Peebles. All right, Sandra, one more before I I know you're on your way to work and you have a lot of news to report and a lot of people to touch. So um, here's a fun little question. Knowing you as well as I do and that we're little rock and rollers at heart and we love music and we've been to every concert and have been wild and crazy. If you were left unsupervised and nobody could see you and nobody can hear you, what would you do at a rock concert? (laughs)
2: <laughs> i did it i did it i went oh but you want to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth mm. preach girl well, look i went to the dua lipa concert and i know dua lipa is not rock but dua lipa is dance music and i like to dance house i love to dance house so i went over there by myself i danced myself a little bit i had fun everybody looked at me like i was crazy some young kids came up and said oh i like the way you dance i said oh thank you so much and i went up... yeah and I did. I was left unsupervised, and I did everything I wanted because, honey, I'm free. That's
0: the one thing I have. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, Sandra, I can't wait to be left unsupervised with you again because, girl, you know, you're my bestie. Oh, and... I love
2: you so much. You're the best human on earth. You have spoken so much about me.
0: But you are the one that's amazing. You're the most intelligent person I know. The
2: most You have the best psychology, the most insight on humans ever I've ever known from anyone. And I just love you to pieces. And, and, they, and now you have reproduced, and you
0: have that beautiful son that I love. And and God bless you. I love you so Thank you, my (laughs) friend. So much love in the room. I'll call you later. Thank you so much. I love you, and thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule to do this for me.
2: No, and to all your listeners, you know, much love to everybody, and, you know, let's all just be kind, kindness to one another. Um, I see so much that isn't kindness, and, you know, it didn't take that much, but it all starts with self-love. love yourself and be sweet and kind to yourself first.
0: Yes. And I love you. So (laughs) (laughs) have a great day, Sandra, and keep us informed. Okay. Okay, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.